Are you ready? It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. Cheers, everyone. Kicking off uh, a week that, you know, following a big, exciting championship weekend, big UFC event, a little bit of lull in the sports action this week. Yeah, it gives us time to take a, a big, deep breath and get ready for Super Bowl and a little tease of draft life this week with the senior bowl. Yeah, and uh, Tom and I are busy at work preparing for Propapalooza 2 next week. Yes, Propapalooza 2. We had a, a fun year last year running yeah. through the prop bets, so we'll have a great time with that again next week, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm already excited about it. I'll be yeah. checking out a few. How could you not be? Uh, Tom, tell us about what we're looking at this week. Uh, we're going to start with the recap of the championship games in the UFC. We're going to discuss the new head coaches in the NFL. We're going to do a little quarterback carousel. You know, kind of. I want to say a preview, but it's a bit of a preview. We're going to break down each team's you know needs. Uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about the Senior Bowl. And then we're going to do Picks of the Week for Tory Pines. Yeah. So uh, why waste any time? Let's jump right in. Yeah. The championship game started in Green Bay with Tom Brady making it to his insane 10th Super Bowl. Stunning. Just unbelievable. 10 Super Bowls. Um, there's only, you know, a little over 50 played, so he's been in about a fifth of them. No yeah. No big deal. Um upsetting the Green Bay Packers and upsetting Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, really great performance, team performance by Tampa in that game. Yeah, their defense, again, just seems to be a lot better than it was last year. Yeah. And we talked a lot about it in the beginning of the, the season. Not being put in a lot of those bad positions has helped them out a lot. Yeah, no question. And that was I went back and listened to our season preview for the NFC South uh, the other day. You know, I have a tendency to go back and kind of see how we did when we were yeah. previewing the seasons. You know, I was a big fan of Tampa coming into the year, and one of the yep. big things was that they weren't going to throw 30 interceptions again this year. Right. So with not throwing all those interceptions, it makes a huge difference for a defense that had a ton of talent on it and maybe a bit underachieved last year. Yeah. And you could see that. Brady made some mistakes. He, he was completing a lot of those 50-50 balls, but that's what happens when you have great weapons. Yes. Uh, but he played a Jameis-style game, kind of, um, with the three touchdowns, three picks, and it yeah. was enough because the defense was – they were amped up, ready to go. And uh, to hold that Green Bay team to 26, um, a little bit under their expectation, it was uh, it was a really, really good performance out of them. Yeah, no, nothing for them to be upset about. Uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, and we'll talk, you know, Super Bowl preview next week. Uh, so I don't want to dig too deep into, like, you know, what I saw and what I expect moving forward. But uh, it was it was a really, really good uh, performance by Tampa. And you know that uh, Arians and, and crew are going to do their best to be prepared for this game. So I uh, really like the talent that they have on that offense. They do have a, a decent running attack now. You know, Fournette has come on here later in the season after a bit of a slow start with Tampa. Yeah, I think they got a nice one-two punch with him and Jones, too. It yeah. seems to be nice working out well for him. Absolutely. And, and then uh, the nightcap. The nightcap. 
my Buffalo Bills falling short in Kansas City. Um, Kansas City still just the class of the AFC and cruising to another victory and primed for the big showdown in the Super Bowl. What was, in your opinion, the difference maker in that game? Uh, I think on the when the Chiefs had the ball, it was Tyreek Hill. Um, I know I've had this talk with a couple people. I understand that Kelsey had the two touchdowns, but Tyreek Hill, the fear that he puts in that Bills defense where they're playing two safeties back 15, 20 yards, that's what allows Kelsey to work the underneath. It's, it's yeah. not the other way around. Yeah. Um, so Tyreek Hill is just the terrifying. And then the ability to um, get pressure on Allen, which lots of teams have gotten pressure on Allen, but when they got pressure on Allen, they boxed him in. Yeah. Is, is the two things that I, I saw that were different from some of the games the Bills have had success in. Yeah, I think that ultimately Buffalo's undoing on the offensive side of the ball was the fact that there was no threat of a running game at all. Yeah. Uh, the pass rushers, you know, they, they didn't really have to maintain gap integrity in any way. Yeah. They knew that they could just pin their ears back and go. And though that opened some opportunities for Allen to run through the middle, it also created some chaos for him in the backfield at times. So I think that's something they'll look to address in the offseason. Buffalo had a tremendous season this year, uh, exceeded expectations by most, if not all. And uh, we'll Josh Allen will continue to get better, and eventually he'll, he'll learn how to get the ball out to the hot read yeah. when the pressure is coming. So unfortunately, with this, the, the secondary of Kansas City did an amazing job of uh, putting pressure on the receivers early in the routes, and they didn't have enough time to develop the deep crossers. You know, early in this season, Miami tried that style against Buffalo, but the corners couldn't stick with them long enough because the pass rush wasn't getting right. there. So, you know, in this case, it was just a little bit different. It seems like that was the right strategy to attack Buffalo's offense with. But, you know, you know what they say, it's, it's about the Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and O's, right? Yeah, so I mean – it's definitely defense is, is more of a team aspect that I think a lot of people remember. You know, they see big plays being made by individuals, but it's such a team portion. The secondary can only do so much. The the, the front line's got to do their part to limit the windows they have to cover for. No doubt. It was interesting because I feel like the Bills on the offensive side stayed to what got them to the dance. It didn't work out, but they stayed. And then I feel like on the defense, they just went away from it again. They didn't. You know, in the, in the regular season and throughout the playoffs, they've blitzed a lot, um, especially in their, their long winning streak. They blitzed a lot from linebackers, corners, like mixing it up, and then played tight zone coverage and, yeah. and against these guys. And I think it's, again, I think it was Tyreek Hill scared him into doing that, so they just backed way up. Yeah, and that it's difficult. You know, you, you get in a spot like that, and it's like you don't want to give up the monster play numerous times, but – it's almost like if you can if you give it up once yeah. or twice in the game, you almost have to deal with that to yeah, slow everything of, else instead down. Instead of the slow death of them just constantly marching. Which it felt like Kansas City was going to move it every yeah. time they got it. Yeah. Every time they got it. So um, we're going to take a quick pause here uh, for some technical difficulties. We'll be back with you just momentarily. Hang with us. Minor delay there for us in our world, <laughs> but you won't hear much on your end. Um, we're going to jump away from the NFL results for a minute here and go on over to what we saw at UFC 257. Yes, absolutely. Um, very fun card. Um, 
everything kind of lived up to what we were hoping for. Uh, Poirier getting the big knockout of Conor McGregor, obviously, is the headline of the night. And I think the other big one was Michael Chandler. A very nice knockout of Dan Hooker. Uh, made quick work of him, really. Two and a half minutes into the first round. So I think those are the, the big questions I came out of there. What is next for Conor? Yeah, I think he's gonna he's pushing for a, a rematch, and rightfully so. I think, to me, I, I think that that was a. I didn't feel like Connor was overmatched by any no. stretch. Uh, was it caught. was it ring rust? You know, could be could be some of that going on. Yeah. So, you know, it's I don't I don't think there was anything. There's been a lot of people saying stuff like, "Oh, it shouldn't be." he shouldn't continue or he's done or I don't think any of that's true. I'd like to see Connor not be the main event of yeah. the card. Maybe, maybe put him on with a John Jones fight where John Jones is the main event and Connor's the co-main and has a three round fight against somebody. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd watch him and Dustin fight again. It's one, one. It makes sense. I know he was talking about fighting Diaz again. They're one, one, and that would make sense. And, uh, you know, he keeps talking junk to Khabib, but you can't lose to Poirier there like yeah. that and then get to call out Khabib. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what he wants to do. I think the weight cut hurt him. It's his first time at this weight in a long time as yeah. well. So, um, flip side, did Chandler or Dustin do enough to make Khabib want to come out and fight again? Not yet. Yeah. I, Not yet. I, I think Chandler's the interesting one because he's fought Dustin already and he's beat him. I think if Chandler can maybe beat Dustin, maybe that's enough to draw Khabib out to, to fight this guy who's coming from somewhere else. Chandler needs another big knockout. He needs yeah. to knock somebody else out in, in you know similar fashion, and I think that would be enough. Yeah, like a dominant victory even, just like really take it to somebody over a period of time. Yeah. Because I, I always say knockouts are nice and they're flashy, but to really – dominate someone over round you know round after round and maybe beat them in the third or fourth where they just quit or can't take any more i think that usually shows me that oh yeah you're you're better than that person yeah no question and you know i, I think that there are a lot of directions that you can go with chandler now it doesn't have to just be to, to poirier yeah you know he could fight ferguson sure he could fight you know there 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 are options out there yeah so it'll be fun to kind of see who was it that just had the dominant performance. Uh, Max Holloway, you know, yeah. maybe maybe you hit those guys at the same weight class, you know, and uh, see what happens there. It could be it, there are lots of good fight options for Chandler, and another impressive victory would give him an opportunity. I think um, I think Nurmagomedov might come out and and just lay waste to him. It's one more name that he can put under his belt and say, I've beat everybody. Yeah. They they have no one for me. There's no reason for me to keep doing this. Why should I stay in training? Yeah, the UFC put Chandler at number four on their uh, official rankings. Dustin's number one, Gaethje two, Charles Oliveira three, and then Chandler in there four ahead of Tony Ferguson. Charles Oliveira, he's been on a tear himself. He really so. has been. It might be Oliveira and, and Dustin, I've heard, for the uh, interim championship if Khabib doesn't take a fight soon. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. And then maybe you have – Gaethje Chandler is a the qualifier for next in, in line. I'd love to yeah. see that. I had I had a nice bet on fight night. Yes, yes, you and, did. Uh, Poirier inside the distance at like plus four fifty, and uh, you know that 
I was I liked Connor in the fight if he had taken it seriously. I think he did take it seriously, but the ring rust got in his way. There were a lot of factors that could allow him to lose that fight. Sure. And that was the reason that I threw a few bucks on Poirier at plus 450 inside the distance because it just felt like Dustin's been active. He's been improving. He's been on a streak. So there was a, there was an opportunity there. It was great, great value on it. So another one of those live bet scenarios there. You just kind of you get a feeling prior to the fight, and you, you jump on it. So yeah, that was it was a fun win for you there. Yeah, we had uh, we had a good time. It was, it was really enjoyable. All right, moving on from the UFC, there'll be plenty more UFC coming up. I I know we're big fans, and their their cards are loaded here. They got a week off, and then as they travel from uh, the Emirates back to yeah. the United States, but they got a lot happening in Vegas in the next few weeks. So yeah. Uh, let's start with some head coaching talk. Um, you know, lots of new head coaches coming out. Jacksonville Jaguars, um, Landon the Big Fish, and Urban Meyer. Yeah. Um, very interesting to see how that kind of that transition. I mean, uh, Trevor Lawrence may be his quarterback to start, which would be Maybe. fun. Yeah. I mean, you got to say maybe, right? It's no. like it's like when people say allegedly when someone gets arrested. Yeah. It's, it's just a formality. It is, it is a mere formality at this point. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is going to be quarterback in yeah. Jacksonville come September. Um, so that'll be interesting to see the young quarterback and Urban and kind of what that team ends up looking like. Atlanta Falcons with Arthur Smith. Yeah, the Tennessee offensive coordinator. Uh, chose the, the life of a coach instead of uh, following in his father, the founder of FedEx's footsteps. He certainly didn't have to work for money. He no, he had life however he wanted it, and he chose to be a football coach, and he's rewarded with a Atlanta Falcons head coaching job. Uh, it's it's not one of the more desirable spots, if you ask me right now, because they still don't play very much defense, <laughs> and they've got an aging quarterback. Are they going to keep him? We'll get to that in a little bit. They've got some salary cap issues. It's it's not an ideal scenario. So, um, not my. I like Arthur Smith though. Don't get me wrong. I think he's done a nice job with a creative offense there in Tennessee and taking advantage of the weapons that he has. Yeah, and that's always something that I think really brings you to if a coach is really good or not. What do they do with what they have? I think sometimes, you know, you could see somebody get credit just for having great talent. But to be able to take what you have and manipulate it to something good, that's, in, that's impressive. The growth of Ryan Tannehill the last two years after seven mediocre seasons with the Dolphins. Yeah. You know, it, it, it bodes well for him uh, for developing a young guy behind Matt Ryan. Or, you know, maybe he'll never coach Matt Ryan. That is a distinct possibility as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Robert Sala with the New, New York Football Jets. Yes, this is one of our favorites. If you've listened to us at all over the last couple of years, we, Kevin and I are both just huge fans of this um, as, a, as a man and as a coach. Just a very stand-up good guy. It's awesome to see him get a chance, and I think it's an interesting place for him. I think the, I think the Jets fans, knowing quite a few, which are sure, um, they're going to love him with his defense and toughness and his, you know, a little bit of his attitude. I think they're going to love him. What happens on the other side of the ball may be the biggest uh, question mark to his success. There's so many questions about what's going to happen in New York. Are they going to stick with Darnold? They have plenty of draft capital, plenty of 
uh, financial flexibility for this offseason. Yeah. So they can make a major overhaul. And to me, Salah is a leader of men, and that's what you want in your head coach. You, you find guys to run your offense and defense that make sense, and you, you lead those men into battle, and that's what guys like Brian Flores and guys like Sean McDermott, though, that's the, the new breed of the great football coaches. For a while, the, the in vogue thing was uh, these offensive wizards. I think that that's, that feeling has faded a bit in the NFL. Yeah. And I you're looking more for somebody that you, you believe can lead your group. I think you've seen it, you know, like you said, kind of it was in vogue and now down. I think you've seen where some of these, they, they get, they do well, like Sean McVay. He's done well. Mm-hmm. They can't seem to get over the hump. Right. And I think you can have one of those guys on your staff as the offensive coordinator and still have a great leader out in front. And then not to say that Sean McVay is not a great leader um, or that you can't be both. Right. But I think just in general, uh, you know, you, you are seeing where, you're running a you're you're running a large organization as a head coach. You got to be able to lead these people. There's a ton of subordinates when you have a offensive coordinator, defense coordinators, and all the assistants that come with it. Their staff is 40, 50 people deep. So you, there's different skill set needed than running and making X's and O's all the time. If they don't believe in you as the head man, yeah, it's if over. They, yeah, if if they don't buy into your leadership style. The organization as a whole is not going to go far. Andy Reid has had success because people love him. Yeah, you know he's he's got a he's got a great personality, and he's very very intelligent when it comes to game planning and scheming. That's why he has so much success off buys and things of that nature. So, you you combine those two assets, those two traits that he has, and you end up with a coaching tree that comes out of you. That that's what happened. Yeah. So the the I think this is a good hire. Um, Moving on to a hire that I don't know that I think is as good. This guy is uh, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. You know, Dan Campbell is – he's a tough guy. He, he probably just took over the lead as the uh, uh, Royal Rumble uh, favorite of NFL head coaches. He is uh, talking about biting off kneecaps. Yeah, oh knocked down. right away we're biting off kneecaps, which is not something you normally hear. Yeah. It's a weird, weird press conference. Um, not, you know, not on the level of Adam Gase weird, <laughs> but definitely a weird yeah, press conference. He was coherent. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what what was going on there. Good Lord. I know. It's been, it's been years. I still haven't figured out what he was doing. There must have been a fly. <laughs> like I, yeah, give him the benefit of the doubt. Is there a fly? The way his eyes are moving around there? I don't know. Who, who knows? Um, I think Campbell, he's going to bring an air of toughness to Detroit. Oh, for sure. And they're going to play physical football. And he did a decent job in, in a short-term capacity for Miami uh, yeah. when he took over uh, as the interim a few years back. I'm not Prior to the Adam Gates failure, you know, when, when that happened. Um, I, think, I think Campbell's done a nice job. He's, he's been in a place in, in New Orleans where he can pick up a lot of yeah. tools from Sean Payton. Yeah. And, you know, he. I think that the air of toughness can get you to a certain point in the NFL, <laughs> and I think the guys will get behind him and they'll run through a wall for him. There's no doubt about that. But at some point, I hope that he's willing to delegate completely to his uh, coordinators to plan and scheme for the games because I don't think that that's going to be his forte. I think you're going to see a lot of rudimentary football out of this team. They're going to do the basics really well. 
They're going to run yeah. the ball. And they're going to be physical. They're going to try to get after the passer. Yeah. I, I expect that style of football out of this team. I, DeAndre Swift just moved towards the top of my draft board in fantasy <laughs> yeah, drafts next year. Absolutely. And then the Eagles getting Nick Sirianni. Yeah, so they fired Doug Peterson for to reason. hire the <laughs> offensive coordinator of the offensive coordinator that he that used to be Doug Peterson's, which is interesting if you think about it. I, I think this comes, you know, the reason they got rid of Pe- Peterson is uh, like we were just talking about. Like you, ha- your team has to buy in. Mm-hmm. As soon as they lost buy in, it was over. And when they had all those feelings after that game, like well, we're not even playing to win anymore, what is this? Right. The the Eagles intelligently said this isn't going to work anymore. It doesn't matter how smart of a guy he is and how good he is at X's and O's. He just lost the team. Comps, you play to win the game. You play to win the game. So Nick Sirianni, uh, I think you know the jury's out on him I- as far as how people feel about the hire. This has been the case before. Uh, not a lot of people really believe in the Brian Flores hire in Miami. It's like, oh, you're hiring a guy with, you know, limited coordinator experience coming in. Uh, not a name that was standing out to people, but sometimes these guys win you over in the, in their meetings and their interviews. All they need to do is get a seat at the table, and once they do, uh, they win over the executives that are meeting with them. And that may have been the case here. And and you got to give a guy a chance and see yeah. what kind of leader he is and see what kind of growth he can get out of this team. There's a lot of question marks in Philadelphia about what they're going to do at the quarterback position. Are they going to give Jalen Hurts a, a real opportunity to take that job? Are they going to let Wentz compete for it again next year? And, you know, yeah. are they going to draft somebody again? I mean, Sirianni is the offensive coordinator for the Colts the last few years, has had a revolving door at quarterback and, and has and been none able of them to have been that good. And, and he's and been able to make it work. You know, yeah. they've been a, a, a tough football team, a tough out every time. Obviously, running the ball has been a staple of that. So it'll be interesting to see what they do in Philadelphia. Um, I would expect the focus to be on really making that offensive line good. Yeah, maybe that, some weapons. Yeah. That, so I mean, thought. that offensive line in Indianapolis has been really rock solid. Um, since the drafting of Quentin Nelson, really, you know, they, they've invested a lot in the offensive line there. Yeah. And it led to a really nice balanced attack in Indianapolis, over particularly this past season. So it'll be interesting to see kind of where Philadelphia goes. Let's talk about Houston. Do we have to? Yes. All right. So big news today from them is they've whittled it down to two possible hires. Yeah. Um, Bill's defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier. Or Baltimore Ravens assistant to the head coach, David Culley. All right. So that's it. They've got down to two. I think a lot of people uh, who were in the runnings have kind of bowed out from the sounds of it. I think Eric Bieniemy told him to stick it where the sun don't shine. Yeah. Maybe he took it as a token interview, but I don't think that he wanted any part of it after that whole debacle. Yeah, it's been bad. Houston, like they've done with everything else, have really bollocksed this up front office is a disaster yeah I, I think maybe we need to redo some ownership um, arian foster was on i forgot what podcast he was on a podcast yesterday just talking about how they like some of the people in the front office didn't even know who he was and just don't care and they're not not even paying attention and i mean arian foster was damn good when he oh played he sure Houston. was and to, to think that they were just you know indifferent about his existence is kind of crazy yeah 
Um, you get what you you get what you get though, and yeah. you know you end up with Bill O'Brien giving away the farm, and now good luck. Right. Good luck. It's gonna take some time to recover from the damage that's taking place, and that may not. They, they need someone to come in and, and take over as, you know, the the player personnel director, the the GM. The they need a strong GM. They need yeah. someone that that maybe somebody that's experienced in the NFL that has the ability to control everything and pull it together. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of some of the times where you've seen teams like bring in, like I know Bill Polian did it for a while where he, he went in as like a an advisor almost. I'm just going to be the guy in charge. Yeah. I'm not really going to do much, but mm-hmm. when push comes to shove, I'm going to make decisions because nobody else is going to know better than me. Yeah, I'm going to tell you this is the way to go. Yeah, this is the way. Now, who's that guy from Pittsburgh that came and did that for uh, – he took the GM job in Buffalo for a little while. Oh, uh, what is his name? Elder escapes me right yeah. now. Any, somebody he drafted like, EJ Manuel. Right. <laughs> right. Can't remember his name now. One of those guys along that line that, that comes Buddy in. Buddy Nix? Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Took me a minute, but I got around to it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just think they need some respect in the front office of that organization. Yeah. And do irreparable damage to the group that you currently they, they may have already done that to the group that they currently have in the organization so yep uh, tough tough situation there if you're a texans fan though i'm not going to feel bad for you your franchise has only been around for 20 years yeah deal with it yeah on to the quarterback talk about the quarterback situation yeah. around i i heard some talk there are as many as 18 to 20 teams that have question marks at what's going to happen at quarterback in the offseason this is going to be a crazy offseason for so many different reasons, but the number one reason is there are so many quarterback moves that may happen. Yeah. It is crazy. Yeah. So I got the divisions pulled up. Let's start at the AFC East. Uh, Buffalo's going to stay where they're at with Josh, although they need a backup. So, yeah. Let's see what happens. Miami, seemingly staying put, but. Gonna need a backup if nothing else. Wouldn't wouldn't say no to a trade for Deshaun Watson necessarily. I think that's the only way that they yeah. could change there. Like I a big swing yeah. kind of move if, if possible. New England, um, Cam's gone. He's a free agent, so see where he ends up. And uh, what do they do? You know, they don't have a high draft pick. They're not really a. P- if you're a, a free agent quarterback, you're not going. Oh, let me go play with this prime group of guys. Yeah, I mean Matt Stafford's available. Is he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's 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 leaving Detroit. That's sounds like that's it, yeah. inevitable. But is he available to New England? <laughs> yeah. I guess that's the the bigger question mark. Um, do they want to go back to an, an older quarterback like that? That's yeah. you know towards. Do the they end feel like they're in a position to win, or or are they in a position to grab a younger guy and start building again? I think that's going to become part of it. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly. It's going to be tough. Their their division has gotten a lot better around them the last two years. It has. They get back a lot of those opt-outs that yes. they had this year. Will help which that will, defense a lot. Yeah, that <laughs> will definitely help that defense big time. And, um, you know, they have some – they can look to add weapons in the offseason. Uh, if you can get the quarterback, one of these experienced guys that Aaron Rodgers – I mean, can you imagine that? <laughs> I – I get the sense Aaron Rodgers isn't actually going anywhere, and yeah, this is just, just a negotiation money. tactic, you know. But uh, can you imagine if he were on the free market for no, taking runs at him? Be crazy. Then we got the Jets in New York. Um, I think now they got a head coach. Now it's time to start 
you know, do we stay with Sam on another year or do we move on? Or I get the sense they will. I get the sense that they will stay with him for yeah. another year. It sounds um, like they, they're in love. So, And I think they can draft Panay Sewell uh, at two and give themselves the best young tackle uh, pairing. Yeah. Or, or y- some even say you could move Sewell into guard. Imagine if you kicked Sewell into left guard next to Mackay Becton. Good Lord. Some big boys. You you would have the, the blind side completely covered, and you would be able to run the ball at will along that left side. Yeah. And forcing teams to really be in a quandary on defense. Um, and I, I think, you know, get him some, some weapons. They had the injury to Mims this year, who they expected to be a contributor. If so you're the Jets, do you stay or do you go with Sam? I'm giving him another year. If I'm the Jets, I explore options. I mean, you have the number two overall pick. Mm-hmm. You don't get that many swings at, at drafting this high very often. So I think you have to I do your due diligence. I only one surefire guy. Yeah, but the, there always seems to be others that mm-hmm. you know come up. So I think you have to, obviously, and I'm sure they will, you have to do your due diligence and kind of see, is there a guy we love that's not Trevor Lawrence? Because we're not going to have a crack at him. I have a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach about Zach Wilson, and I can't quite pinpoint it. That he's going to be awesome no, or that he's going to – He's going to flop, that he's going to end yeah. up being the second quarterback taken. He couldn't be close to Carolina. I know. Either. I know. There's there's something there that bothers me a little bit. Yeah, that was harsh. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I should apologize to the people in Conway, South Carolina. That was a good football team this year. Yeah. <laughs> Where so, are they? <laughs> so – Pittsburgh. Yeah. Let's keep moving. All right. Pitt, Big Ben, he's got a retirement decision to make here. He looked like he was ready to retire at the end of that game in the playoffs, that's for sure. Uh, looking dejected. But, again, it's, it's the same kind of thing. Will he, won't he? I think that, from my perspective, he's still got something left, right? He's still, he's still got – it's not – He struggled he, he, it a lot wasn't this year. He had zero running game. He was in the sure. same situation as Buffalo without the mobility that Josh Allen has. Yeah. He had this, the weapons outside. Allen was able to make some things happen with his feet that masked a lot of that running game trouble. They need to actually develop a running game. James yeah. Conner is not it. Uh, neither is Benny Snell or Anthony McFarland, presumably. I think that if they can find some kind of semblance of a running game, you get Big Ben back. Devin Bush comes back from that injury on defense. This team is still contending for a top two or three spot in the AFC. He just didn't look like he wanted to be there anymore. He yeah, just looked done. I think the frustration set in. Yeah, it's possible. It's definitely possible. Uh, Baltimore, obviously not going anywhere. Lamar, Cleveland, not going anywhere with Baker. Cincinnati. And Cincinnati's got big Joe Burrow smoking cigars in the locker room. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the NFC, yeah, the AFC South, Tennessee, they're pretty happy with Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Another good season for them. Colts, Philip Rivers is retiring, so they're in the market in a tough spot to find one at eleven and five. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if there's anybody that's going to be valuable there at that point in the draft. No, th- but uh, as we were talking already, there's going to be people available for agency trades. This is a team that's good enough to win. How long can you keep going with these patchwork guys at quarterback, though? You know, that 
Like, was it, wouldn't Franchise that get, wouldn't quarterbacks that get, don't grow on trees. Those I know, but wouldn't it be frustrating as a Colts fan? Like, every year you've got to fi- have a new guy that you're backing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus, the jersey costs in this town are ridiculous. You just get DeForest Buckner. You'll be all right. Yeah. What about, uh, I mean, potential fits? Let's talk about potential fits in Indianapolis. Who do you see? So, the thing that I like about Indianapolis is the, their style of offense, I think, is very quarterback friendly. You're going to run the ball. You're going to take play-action shots deep, and you're going to be able to, to do some some short passing. Uh, I think it pretty much opens the door for any veteran that knows what they're doing. All right. So, I mean, when you're talking Stafford would be would be good there. I think he's tr- he's 1A. I th- I'm pretty sure he's 1A yeah. out of those guys. What? I don't know if Matt Ryan's on the move, but he would be an option. I, I even think Jimmy Garoppolo would be an option for him because that's the similar to what he ran in San Francisco when they were doing well. Run the ball. Let me get some play action guys to tight ends and some people who are open. You know, simple. Keep it simple. San Francisco's not keeping Jimmy Garoppolo as a backup quarterback at twenty million dollars. No, no, they're either starting him or they're moving him. Right. And so it's definitely an option. Indianapolis and San Francisco obviously had the big trade last year. Maybe there's something there they can get back on the horn and make it happen. Uh, but I think, I think those are the type of quarterbacks they're looking for. I, don't, I mean, if you're John Lynch, you go. Hey, I'll give you uh, Jimmy Garoppolo to send me to Forrest Buckner back. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Lord. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Houston, Deshaun Watson sounds like he's he's done there. Um, so good job, Houston. Way to chase out one of the best wide receivers in football. Can and I backtrack to the Jets because the way they move on from Darnold is with Deshaun Watson. That's, sure. That's the way that that happens. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's like seven teams in the NFL that wouldn't take Deshaun Watson over what they have right now, yeah. legitimately. Yeah. Um, Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, welcome to, to Saxonville. We may have to rename you after you get there. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs, will they or will they not stay with Pat Holmes? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. The Chiefs yeah. are good. Vegas is interesting. I, I definitely think they're going to stick with what they got, but yeah. They're uh – they're one bad season removed from a major overhaul there, including yes. coach, GM. Yep. Next year is going to be huge for them. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But I love watching them play. Yeah. So I'm into that at least. They've got to fix the defensive side of the ball there. Yeah. It's a big, it's the big issue. So the Chargers, Herbert's good. He's there. They're staying. Denver, who the hell knows what Denver's going to do at quarterback? I don't know. Where are they picking? Five and eleven, so yeah, probably top, top ten. ten. Yeah, gross every year. Like Drew Locke, like they seem to like him still, and giving him a vote of confidence. Okay, why? Why? Yeah, you can be mediocre with lots of guys. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to stick with one. I guess because he's on a rookie team, maybe they can build up the rest of their team. Yeah, run out the rookie contract with Drew Locke, and then look to make a move. The Washington Football Team. First off. What do they get first, a new quarterback or a new name? I think a new quarter. There's a distinct possibility they're still the Washington football team next season. Yeah, so. It sounds like they're not that in much of a hurry, and they don't really like any of the names. And I don't think that uh, Taylor Heineke's the guy. No. So, um, that flash-in-the-pan game that nope. he had is not – it's not gonna. It's not gonna translate. Do they bring Alex? Keep Alex Smith in the fold and just run with him, or maybe Alex Smith ends up in Indy. Who knows? He would be a, a fun, interesting fit there. There's nothing fun about Alex Smith except the story. 
Yeah. Like, his football game is nothing fun at all. He's decent, though. It, yeah, he, he's, he's... He's checked down Charlie. He's Kirk Cousins, he, too. He, no, he, he's definitely checked down a lot. He checked down a lot. So they throw a lot of short stuff. You know, it, it, it's it's what his game has always yeah. been. He's efficient. He's efficient and accurate, yeah. Ex- exactly. Um, but you never feel like explosion plays are coming. No. Which is frustrating as shit when you're playing against him and watching him just yeah. dink and dunk his way down the field on you yeah. over and over. 42 attempts for 226 yards. That's what you get out yeah. of Alex Smith oftentimes. So, anyways, it'll be a nice story to see him succeed again. I just thought yeah, it was a good guess. Giants. I'm I'm rolling the dice with Daniel Jones still. Yeah, I think he, you kind of got to give him one more year. This year for the Giants was just a train wreck. I mean, I'm not a, a huge Daniel Jones fan, but I think you have to give the kid one more year. Um, build up around him. Maybe get some more offensive linemen. I uh, hate ma- their wide receivers. Yeah, I was just going to say, we've talked about it, a, a weapon or two. Because, I mean, they have. If they can get, like, Devontae Smith to fall to him, or, you know, yeah, a, Jamar Chase fall. falls yeah. to him, you know, one of those two guys slip to him. Man, what a what a gap that would be for that organization. Yeah, it's bad. They need weapons. I mean, Saquon Barkley can do a lot for you when he's healthy. Yes. So if Still you add some stretch the field guys out there, yeah, everybody they've got feels like they're like these little. They it's like they've got four Cole Beasleys lined up outside. Yeah. Golden Tate used to be awesome. Yeah. He just isn't anymore. Right. We love that guy. Yeah. He's uh, got the whole weird thing with the relationship with his, his brother and yeah, yeah there's something, something going on it's weird stuff happening cowboys i think dak's back i think it's a non-story yeah but yeah not, but not he doesn't have to be which is the only part that's intriguing boy could they that spin up the market into some craziness <laughs> couldn't it Wait, how bad would it be for dallas if dak was like hey i'm going somewhere else yeah oh what a bunch of pie on their face for yeah. just digging in their heels and being cheap. I know. You can't be cheap with QB. You just got to bite the bullet, sign the check, along, and figure it like out. Like you said, they don't yeah. grow on trees. They do not. Dak's dang good. I know he gets a lot of crap, but. Don't put Dak somewhere else in the AFC East. Yeah, he's going to play with Bill Belichick. Yeah. Ugh. I yeah. myself nauseous. Yeah. Philadelphia Eagles. We've talked a little bit about this. They are going to be a huge factor in this quarterback shakedown. Do they keep both Wentz and Hurts? Do they move one of them? If so, which one do they move? I think they got. Who's taking on that Wentz deal? Uh, Who's taking on that Wentz deal? Indianapolis. I mean, maybe. I mean, if if he goes to Indianapolis, yeah, he could certainly succeed there. They got some tight ends. He likes that. Yeah. Actually, that's not a bad fit. Now that I'm thinking that through, that'd be pretty good for them. Expensive as hell, expensive. though. Oh, yeah. Tough. It's I tough. Can't, can't figure that one out. Hurts is awesome. I can't wait to start seeing some of this stuff I know. right now. It's <laughs> so hard to just sit here and think about it and not and know that we're going to be waiting to mid, mid-March mid before we start yeah. seeing this. The North, Green Bay. Um, we both talked about it a little bit before. We both think Rodgers is going to stay. He just wants more money. And yeah. He'll be good. The Bears. Ugh. What a – Trubisky's a free agent. They they couldn't score at all against New Orleans when it mattered. Yeah, and and that hurts. I mean, he did throw he threw one great pass in the game to Devon Wims that got dropped. Yeah, and yeah. it took the air out of the team in that game. But you, you if your quarterback can't overcome a moment like that and make some plays, 
I like some of the weapons on that Bears team too. Yeah, so underrated wideouts. I think that they, it, it kind of sucks for Montgomery's them. Montgomery's coming along. Yeah, yeah. I I think they're in a tough spot too. Like again, eight and eight. You're not going to get a good quarterback in the draft necessarily. Yeah, they're picking like what, like nineteen. Yeah. So, what do you do? Yeah. Unless one of these veterans finds their way to you, you still have Foles under contract, right? And yeah. An inflated Foles contract. Speaking of inflated contracts, Minnesota. Yeah. Kirk Cousins is there. He ain't going anywhere. Kirk Cousins' uh, contract is right where it should be. You don't think it's inflated? No. He's getting paid a lot. He's getting paid exactly what he should be getting paid. Yeah. Seven and ninth third in the division. A lot of money. That defense was putrid. That defense was putrid. I I like Kirk Cousins in his game. He's all right. He's not, I mean, he's not top five. He's borderline top ten quarterback in the NFL, uh, so you put him eight, nine, ten. That's about where he'll end up being paid after this next round of contracts come up. Detroit, we already talked about. It sounds like Matt Stafford's uh, looking elsewhere. Doesn't want to be part of the rebuild. I think David Blau is going to win this NFC South. He's absolutely terrible. They have no in-house options if no. Matt Stafford moves on. Um, you know. I can't find the potential fit that makes a ton of sense to me. I think they're drafting one of the young guys here, and I think yeah. we're going to see a young quarterback uh, take over there with this Pick new coaching wolves. staff. Yeah, um, you know, I, I'd be, I'd be really intrigued with a guy like Trey Lance in Detroit, yeah. uh, guy that's super athletic. This just feels like Justin Fields to me. Yeah, yeah, it, it just. It depends on how that front that top of the draft shakes out. I mean, they're yeah. they're picking at what four, four or five, yeah. Yeah. If Justin Fields is there, it fits. Yeah, I, I just feel like that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, it's not quite Ohio, Detroit, but it's close enough that they're gonna be aware of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the folks in Ann Arbor might not be too pleased with with yeah. the selection of Justin Fields by the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Uh, the Saints obviously have a lot of questions to figure out. Drew Brees is retiring. Jameis Winston's a free agent. What do you do? You bring Jameis back. I know Brees had said some kind words to him. But Jameis was a team guy this year. You know that? Yeah. He, he, he uh, without complaining or saying anything when they let Taysom Hill run the offense while Drew Brees was on the shelf, that that was a thing where he, he could have created an issue there in, yeah. in the locker room. He could have said, you know, this is bullshit, you know, yeah. and, Why bring and me? created a divide amongst the players. A locker room that already had problems with Michael Thomas. So, yeah. you know, that the I, fact they were winning helped. It does. It did big time. <laughs> big time. They were able to still succeed with Hill in. Yeah. If they had lost some of those games, that it could have been really ugly. Real fast, too. Jameis got an opportunity to throw a dime in the playoff game. Yeah. And he nailed it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's. He could pretty much pick his spot, though, I feel right now. They're, they're, I mean, Jameis to me is the most attractive of the potential free agent quarterbacks. Yes, because he's, he's younger still. He still has some of his better years ahead of him. And. I don't care. I know he sat a lot, but you can't be near Sean Payton and Drew Brees for 365 days and not learn a lot. Right. So Absolutely. There's, he's, he's definitely learned and should be there and clearly matured. I mean, I think Jameis Winston from Florida State or Jameis Winston his first year in Tampa Bay it does not go as quietly as this year. So yeah. I think he showed a lot of maturity. and. 
Maybe I, he's. I'm your... rooting for Jameis yeah. unless he lands in the AFC East. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd like to see him <laughs> succeed. Maybe he's next year's uh, most improved player. You know what I mean? It, it's I'm one of those sick things. of all these teams landing quarterbacks and having success out of the AFC East. It's been one. It's two. It's two now. I had a deal with the Patriots for all those years. Now you got a Bills team that's built itself up, and they're they're, they're looking. You to acted be, like it was dozens. <laughs> it's dozens of years. That's true. <laughs> it's not dozens of people. It's dozens of years. Uh, Carolina. I think they're. I think they're drafting. I think yeah. they're. You know, they're hoping Zach to get some Wilson, Trey Lance, uh, Justin Fields. If he starts falling for whatever reason, don't really see that happening. But th- though, that's what I see. That's yeah. You know, and then Atlanta Falcons. I think they're going to stick with Matt Ryan another year, but I think that it is possible to see a, a flip uh, between Atlanta and San Francisco. Yeah, I've talked about this in this. the past. I, I feel like there's a possibility that San Francisco sends Garoppolo and compensation because they'd get compensation as well. They they would get draft compensation. If I'm if I'm San Francisco, I'm doing it every time. Yes. I, I would send my 12 and Garoppolo to Atlanta for Matt Ryan because that you don't you've got enough pieces already in play. Yeah, that makes you a contender right away immediately. Speaking of the NFC West, Seattle obviously going to stay pat with Russell yeah. Wilson. The L.A. Rams. This is your favorite discussion. This is my favorite discussion. Uh, Goff hinders them. I don't think he helps them. And I think it's now they're saying there's going to be an open competition. And I think that leaves the door open for someone else to be picked up to to come in and replace. Or maybe even move on from Goff and make a trade and and move him around somewhere. Like, you know, maybe Indianapolis likes Goff. This carousel could get really weird. Could get nuts. Arizona's good with Kyler Murray. Yeah. San Francisco. I'm not sure they're good with Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah? I don't, I don't think that he's... That guy. Yeah, I don't... He's got a nice house. Yeah, he does. He's got a nice life. Yeah. Him and, him and Sean McVay. Yeah, living the dream. But I just want to talk about Kingsbury for a second here. For an offensive guru to come in with the weapon that Kyler Murray is, there's something missing there still. Yeah. And I wasn't exactly a fan of the way that they used uh, Isaiah Simmons this season on the defensive side. I think that they could have used him a lot more, and he made some big plays when given the opportunity. Yeah. I think that that they were trying to bring him along slowly. I'm not sure that was the right thing to do. Um, But I think that he's – He's one of my early hot seat candidates. I, I would definitely agree that I think this is a big year for him. But I feel like Arizona's building to something. You know what I mean? Like, I, uh, I think Kyler's coming along still. I think you're replacing some people on the offense. They definitely need some help on that O-line still. And the defense, it's not good yet, but it definitely was better than it was the year before. Yeah. And at 8-8, eight and eight, they're a couple games away from being where they wanted to be, and that's in the playoffs. So, yeah. And they're in a tough division. They had to play Seattle twice, the Rams twice. Those games didn't go well for them. Um, but we have some breaking news. The NFL Network is reporting that David Culley is about to become the Houston Texans head coach. So, All right. So the Bills will retain both of their coordinators. I don't think that Leslie Frazier uh, has a major impact because I think it's Sean McDermott's defense. Yeah, Frazier just kind of yeah. put her together. In name only, right? Yeah, mostly, yeah. So, Frazier does call the plays. Yeah. So I do. Uh, 
we'll see what, what happens there in Houston. I mean, somebody had to take the job, right? Yeah. Take your shot when you can get it, Mr. Cully. Yeah. Good luck to him. Not a lot of expectations once you guys trade Deshaun Watson, so. Yeah. Hope you get a, a world of picks for it yeah. and compensation so that you can figure out what's next. Yeah, because you're going to be really bummed when you watch the Dolphins pick third. <laughs> yeah. That could have been me. Seriously. I love that. <laughs> My favorite thing of this NFL season. Yeah, it worked out fantastic. Is that it? Uh, for yeah. The, for the QB carousel? That is it. All right. So as you can that. see from all that discussion, a lot of pieces moving around. We didn't answer any questions, but we certainly raised a bunch of them. Yeah, I think that was the point. It's just yeah. to, to show that it's it could be insane this year. Yeah. Just every year there's some movement. This year there's a chance that over half the league has a new starting quarterback. Right. And, and it's just insane to even think about. No doubt. But fun. Can't wait. Can't wait for free agency to open. So the hell am I going to do for the next 50 days? Draft boards, my friend. Lots and lots of draft boards. Started today. I was sitting there watching the Senior Bowl practices like I do every year. I flagged, I flagged like five Senior Bowl recap articles from practice today to read through. I was watching, taking notes while I was working today <laughs> on uh, on the players that flash for me. Just for fun, I'm going to mention one name already that I that I saw. I didn't even know who he was, but I watched him, and he picked off a pass. And then he was smothering Nico Collins, and then he got a little high in his back pedal, um, but closed nicely on a crosser. Uh, Trey Brown, he's going to be a slot corner from Oklahoma. Um, we'll talk a lot more draft as we go, but let's remember that name, Trey Brown. He's going to be a third-day pick, um, but I think we're going to see him on an NFL roster next year um, being competitive and, and potentially making impact plays because there's something about him. He's, he's going to have a nose for the ball. Just one of those – those things like we saw Nikel Roby Coleman in person, yeah, at Bill's camp when he was a rookie out of USC. And we went, and Whoa, who is this yeah. kid? <laughs> and that's the feeling that I got today when yeah. I was when I was watching that practice. So. I miss being able to do that last year. Like, yeah. uh, I wonder, I was thinking about this when I was getting ready for the last game. Um, I wonder how long into practice it would have taken me to notice how good Gabriel Davis was in person, right? Because you see him in a game, you're like, Oh, dang, he's good. But we didn't right. get no preseason, nothing. It was kind of just a, a pleasant surprise. Right. I wonder if I would have been on to that, like how yeah. long it would have taken me to be like, wow. Yeah. I mean, at a certain, there are certain things that you pick up on uh, when you see somebody that's making plays mm -hmm. um, in, in this practice setting like this and not not having like the really ugly reps either. Yeah. That to me tells me somebody is, they, they've got something there. Yep. And uh, that's what I saw out of this corner. I was, I was specifically watching the corners. And out of all the guys that were there on that on that senior bowl squad, he's the only one to me that was like, "Well, I, I got to keep an eye on this kid." So we are going to do some picks. I know there's not a lot exciting in the world going on, but PGA Tour is back. One of Kevin and my favorite take shots at players and uh, Tory Pines. We got the was it the Farmers Invitational? Farmers Insurance Open. Yeah, we're gonna have a uh, couple. Each of us we're gonna two. Yeah. Two picks in the top ten. That's what we're swinging. Yeah. I got two homer picks. Do you? Two guys I love. Are you going chalk, chalk, or what? You plus 600, plus 900. Jeez, to make the top ten? Yeah. 
that's not that's not cheap, huh? No, it's two guys I love. Two guys I love taking swings. All right, go ahead. I want to win something with these two. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Fowler's plus six hundred. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna take a swing at him, and then I I feel like this this course. Mark Leishman won last year. Yeah. This is not you do not have to bomb to win at this place. No, but bombing it is helpful. Sure. It is helpful. The Brant Snedeker was in the top ten last year too, and he's not a bomber by any yeah. stretch. Um, but it was a, it was a good mix. Yes. And I feel like Fowler hits it enough. It's it's like if you think back to Tory Pines, the U.S. Open, Tiger Woods was playing Rocco Mediate. Rocco Mediate hit the ball 260 yeah. yards, uh, while Tiger was the longest player on tour at the yeah. time. Jordan Spieth plus 900. Yeah. Yeah. Two great guys. He went and got some advice from Butch Harmon. Never hurts. You you go and see Butch Harmon. He was helping him and his coach talking about you know a little bit of swing plane stuff and you know he felt like he he could really fix it quickly so yeah it'd be interesting to see i'm gonna throw some money on him it's one of those ones if he get it if he gets it right i'm gonna win this easy yeah so matthew wolf for me plus 480 matthew wolf uh finished in the top 16 or tied for 16th last year uh very early in his pga tour career He's going to get another look at Torrey Pines here. Uh, his, his game is really good. Uh, I really enjoy watching the way that this kid plays. That weird little knee buckle thing he does to activate his swing. It's kind of it's, it's endearing. It's cute. It makes me like Matthew. <laughs> so I like Matt Wolf to finish in the top ten. And hey, I'm not going to play it, but Mark Leishman's plus 600 to finish in the top ten. He's, he's the defending champ. It's strange, little, right? little Curtis Cringe. Yeah. Bit odd, if you ask me. Um, my other play is going to be Cameron Smith at plus four seventy. Um, a big fan of his game. It hasn't translated a ton yet, um, but this kid's a really good, really good golfer. Um, plus four seventy is a big price for him to finish in the top ten. So, uh, Cameron Smith and uh, my boy Matthew Wolf are my two plays at plus four seventy and plus four eighty to finish in the top ten. See if we can make a little money in, in golf this weekend. Yeah. I love me some golf DKs, too. Oh, so yeah. So much fun. I haven't played one yet this year because we haven't had any tournaments that really I'm excited about. Torrey Pines is probably the first one. It's a little tough sometimes, too, when it's up against, like, the NFL slate yeah. on the weekend. You kind of lose track of it. You're like, oh, yeah, golf is on today. Yeah. Um, next week, big show. We're going to have Propopalooza, Super Bowl preview for sure, some Senior Bowl recap on guys we love. And UFC is back as well next week. Heavyweight uh, fight, Alistair Overeem, Alexander Volkov is headlining. Yeah, fun. Should be free, right? Not. Yeah. Yeah, free card. I think. Free card. I'm uh, looking forward to anytime you can watch two guys that are 265 pounds take big swings at each other. <laughs> sign uh, me up. Sign me up. All right, guys. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, this proper Palooza too, man. That. I can't wait. I'm amped up for it already. Uh, I'm going to start scrolling through these prop opportunities now. Yeah. And see what we can come up with over the course of the next week. A lot of fun. All right. We'll catch you all next week. See ya.